record yeah. this thing right and you know while we are talking. And so we have 30 minutes. Before you start recording, what we are we talking about? Well, what yeah, what's up? We are talking about Lee Scratch Perry. Yeah, true. True, true, true. Because you know, someone watched the, the documentary there. Which one? The Upsetter. Which, which you watched it? Yeah, you I watched, watched it. it. Where? Where? Let's not yeah. let's not disclose that type of information. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, cool, cool. You know, I, no, no. You you message us that that um. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah, can, right, cool. Can yeah, start was, something, something. You know what I'm saying? He'll give, he'll give us the copy that he has. But everything he lopsided. Everything lopsided. Yeah. No, that he came he came to watch it and have knowledge. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we just kind of we don't really know like what you know. But, all right, we'll try. We'll try. All right. Things right. still. So I got talk. All right. Cool. Cool. Alright, so so the man, the the legend, Lee Scratch Perry. You know what I'm saying? What, what's your what's your um thought on him, Matthew, since you say you you know you a little some something. Uh, the first thing me wants us to do is me, which I think a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. So if anybody who, you know, kinda you know stumbles upon the content, you know, to understand that other people right now in the world are looking towards, you know, this the shift in music and Everything is moving a little bit towards, you know, dubstep and electronic and, you know. Mm-hmm. Everything is becoming a bit more digital now. I don't know what's wrong with that, you know, that's, that's all good and well, you know. But mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. need to recognize that there was a man who was definitely before his time with that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he was a Jamaican, you know. That Wait. Was scratch Perry. Wait, Matthew, let me, let me pause for a second. Because I'm not sure if this thing is, well, it's a recording, but let me just check to see if it's recording. And I'm going to start back again. Uh, no problem. Alright, we just have to start off from which part with it there. Sorry for the little technical interruption. Yeah, Matthew, what are you asking now? Yeah, as in, you know, just nowadays, you know, everything, you know, kind of moving towards, you know, um, you know digital music, you know, dubstep. Yeah. Uh, it's a big, it's a very, very big genre in the world right now. And I don't think a lot of people really understand you know, the origins of it. A lot of people attribute, you know, dubstep and its origins to, like, you know, British culture and stuff, but other people don't know is that there's a man back in the day, you know, that was very before his time when he came on to, you know, music and, you know, that type of sound. And um, he actually, you know, basically is the father of a genre called dub, which now that, you know, I said that, you can probably get a good idea as to exactly. where that might be coming from, you get me? Mm-hmm. You know, and this man, this man basically set, set a tradition that... There's nobody just like really, really like held up in this whole idea of just remixing things and just bringing a new perspective to them by, yeah, you know. And he was one of, from well, from the thing I watched, he was like one of the first people to ever use a sample in um in a in a song. See that like, now? Yeah, this yeah yeah. But, um, what it was is that like, he was very experimental with yeah. everything. So like, what he do is sample. Like he'd sample different um, instruments and different things and kind of blend and mix sounds like something that people weren't even conceiving at that time. Like he he takes sounds and he just kind of just construed it and and twist it to um to create this kind of completely different sound, you know. And a lot of people that was I don't even think people even had any idea how ingenious that was at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, but how innovative. Like, no one or innovative it was just I didn't even think people even saw that like he was as Matthew said and as he came say way before his time way 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 before his time I, and I think so it's like you have a lot of they call them unsung heroes 
Yeah. Like yeah, I was even watching something about um MF Doom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh like when he had this group called KMD back in the day and mm-hmm. um like he used ninja like like samples from like ninja movies and like karate movies and stuff. And that's like that's way before even Wu Tang Clang and then and then when Wu Tang Wu Tang came around, you know, like it was a big deal but then, you know, nobody knew about KMD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but you know what you know i was pretty into those i mean and just to kind of deviate a little bit and we'll, we'll kind of get back on track but i think this is important to even state i think it's like even when i look at like jamaican music on a whole i guess back in that time period like i even look at like um it's like there's really two like major characters that you can look at in like how they've changed jamaican music because i mean you have lee scratch and you have dj cooler you get me and that's like a character now that like i mean he went to new york and basically showed everybody the power of like isolating certain like certain parts of a song or like a certain parts of a song that people like the most and then capitalizing on them you get me mm-hmm. it's like it's even like you look at lee scratch prayer and you look at like all the jamaican artists it's like we had that knowledge you get me mm-hmm. it's like we had we basically had that knowledge and that know all to like understand that there are just certain things that were appealing you get me yeah i mean like you find it a lot like what you say jamaicans um Take them, what we call it, take them on and make fashion. What I say? Turn them on and make fashion. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, of course, dog. Yeah. I mean, we may not, we may not invent the, the turntables and the replicators and whatever and the NPCs, but you know, mm. we revolutionize them. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it goes to the saying that um, the technology comes first, then the art comes from it. I yeah. mean, the paint, the paint, paint was never invented for. You know, someone to paint art with it, or do it was invented. You know, because of the for um, the use on different uh, material and such. It was necessarily created for people to create these massive works of art or these. You know, or the stick. So you know, it's always a technology first. Yeah, then, and you know, then the innovation comes in. Yeah, all right, so. all right. Let's let before we stray. All right, from Mister Lee Scratchberry. You know what I'm saying? What you think about like the persona? I mean, like. A lot of people have a lot of different things to say about him. You know, some like <laughs> yeah. a genius. It's funny. You know, it's funny. He's a madman. I, yeah. I had a theory. Mm. Not really a theory, but I just had a thought. Like, no, nah, yeah, not a theory. I had a thought. Like a random thought about Lee Scrapper today. That it's as if he's on a constant trip. Like he's just always on a trip. Yeah. But like, not necessarily in a bad way. Like, not like. You know, like, but he's like, he's always like, he's seeing the world, he's constantly seeing the world differently, like, and he hasn't come off of that trip in that, in a sense. Like, that's how I see it. Maybe there might be highs and lows to it, and you know, it might be more um, sober and it might be more out there. But I think he's like on this, his mind works in that way that it's almost as if he's on this constant trip. You know, he's on this constant wavelength, um, yeah. different wavelength from everybody else. That's how I, I kind of interpret. It. Well, I mean, like, he he uses a lot of religious imagery, like, I mean, that's like a constant... Yeah, he does, he does, yeah. ...thing, I mean, but then that's not very strange, especially from from uh, Jamaican coming from, um, you know, the country, where, like, strange. church is usually the center of a community, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, like, you know, like, a whole... The whole community is built around church activities... And 
families built around the church you know what i'm saying so mm. necessarily not necessarily strange but what what is what is what i find interesting is that he from what i heard in documentary he, he smoked weed for the first time when he was like 20 when he came to kingston to work yeah mm. and i think even mr campbell who is um a teacher you know um he he keeps bringing up this thing about how Jamaicans like merge Rastafarianism and Christianity and um, and all that together, and it's like sometimes the lines are blurred where yeah. where that's concerned. Because I mean, he makes um, okay. references to both Rastafari and you know. All right. Well, here's the thing. You have to you have to remember this that Christianity isn't necessarily a far cry from because as it well, I mean, I had a discussion with someone like not too long ago and it's not really so much a situation where it's mm. um it's a completely different thing i mean it's not so separate just like it's kind of just like how um judaism is kind of similar to christianity except that they yeah. don't acknowledge christ as um Rastafarianism acknowledges does well, not this does not this acknowledge um jesus, jesus. or his you know yeah. it kind of more that um Haile Selassie is the continuation you know he's the so it's not really a far cry for it for him to be that at he's you know, showing that. But but even even that, like I remember reading somewhere where um in an interview the question like they asked him about um Rastafarianism and you know, he, I think this was recent. I'm not sure how recent it was and his answer was you know, he has these kind of Yeah um yeah. answer and it was like um he said the colours red, green and gold don't belong to anyone. Yeah. Like, if you're looking at um, a glass when the sun, if you're looking at a glass of water when the sun hits it, you see, you know, red, green, and gold, and um, and a lot of other colors you see in there, you know, and you know, he kind of went on to say that, you know, it was so it was kind of a way of him saying that he thinks that they that Rastafarianism probably takes ownership of some symbolism that takes up too much ownership, you know, to some symbolism that, you know, so I I don't know if it was him rebelling against it or him kind of rebelling against seas you know i'm not really sure but um I but i don't i don't i don't know if it's that he's like you know completely down like for um yeah. surprising no because so, you know that I, I get that thing yes know? so i don't know what's here i mean it's funny that I guess, you're... I, I just... oh, huh? sorry 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 continue no well i was just saying it's funny that you said that because like i know that even there were, right, well, they, from the documentary again, there was even one point where he was talking about the Congos when they started living at the at him studio, the Black Ark, and like, I mean, the Congos it was this this group that he yeah. produced for, mm, and right. um, that was like the last group he produced for before the mysterious burning of his burn down of his <laughs> studio. So uh, the king man and him just burn it down. <laughs> but but. But I mean, like, like even like around that situation, he was talking about, you know, the the Nazis never, never look upon him. Them look upon him as a as a fool or a little country boy when they know nothing because him do have Nazi and mm. and he was talking all of that. But then like he was saying, some of the 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 Rastas, them say they're some of the the Dreads. That's what we call them. Are, are a joke, cause I mean. Dread supposed to be one hundred percent righteous, one hundred percent holy, and a lot of them, you know, they they just, you know, and the funny thing is like, you find a lot of 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not talking from like any direct knowledge, but from what I've heard in pop culture, like even that song with um Junior Gang and and, and um was Capleton. That one is like um Selassie never born in a manger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never like there are some wrestlers who be like, yo, um Selassie's you know the return, the second coming. I guess in a in a sense, but then there's some that like discredit Jesus and yeah, I mean, and, and then yeah, some discredit white Jesus. Yeah, well, that is true. I know that uh, that's exactly what I get in because it's you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's I've always found that strange because I used to think uh, before the, prior to like that conversation and further knowledge, I, I used to think that they discredited him, but um, I know that yeah, of course they definitely discredit um the white version i mean which is fine i have no problem with, it, with anyone discrediting that yeah. but um i always found it strange that i thought that they just completely discredited him discredited him but um but you know i kind of learned that no that's not how it is that you know it's more of a um a return you know instead of him so and i and i found i find that to be true like i understand where where lee scotch is going with that because where perry is going now because a lot of them yeah, don't fall into that whole right. Just like they might have the locks and they might wear the red, green, and gold and everything, yeah. but they don't fall into that kind of um, what they yeah. call it, um, Christ consciousness. That's actually what they call it. That's the that's, that's the, okay. the Christ consciousness. Yeah, that's what they call it. So like they don't have that that kind of righteous mind, you know. So it's and I think he really go back to what he was saying, where like when he said that they don't own you know those colors, you know, and they kind of take all the symbolism on themselves but you know I guess it mean I guess it's really to say that they don't live up to what and as a certain and, and as a certain in my opinion too like yeah. I think well two things as a certain kind of um, I guess I wouldn't say corruption but it, it's like the human element like kind of playing on certain things because yes the base of Rastafarianism is supposed to be about you know spirituality and, and somewhat about you know like the universe and connectivity but then there's also the world aspects and the human element being, you know, the ownership of an identifying um, factor, you know, yeah, which yeah, yeah. colors on the flag. But, you know, I think I think I think that Lee Scratch talks about a lot, which a lot of people are don't really zoom in on a lot or they kind of use it sometimes to discredit, discredit him as a madman. Yeah, when he talks about vibration, I mm-hmm. don't people really like analyze the aspect because he's not a man that will wholeheartedly all the time talk about Rastafarianism, but he'll always talk about Afrocentricity and he'll yeah. always with a Jamaican vibration. In my opinion, even Ikem was saying earlier about um, how Jamaicans kind of seamlessly like, like, yeah, like yeah. And melt like Christianity and Rastafarianism and spirituality and, and certain things like devices like marijuana and stuff like that. Like we look at music and we look at a good time and we look at spirituality and we look at highs in, you know, spirits and, and in herbs and and we look yeah. at the audience as, as a vibration, as a country in Jamaica. We look at these things as a vibration. I've I've yeah. something about that too. All right, Lee Scratch Perry mm. as a, a force for bringing um people of 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 black consciousness, like some like a form, a medium of of awakening, you know, black pride and and yeah. stuff. Because like even the name of his his um studio. The Black Ark. Yeah, he was yeah. saying that he he was he built it to help black people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was talking about Marcus Garvey, and he was talking about you know every Marcus Garvey had this thing about the black star, and yeah. he was taking it like 
in a pop culture sense as black stars and like each of us are black stars you know what i'm saying yeah. and, uh, and even like it even like this thing like even um who was on this who was on this program um it was on stage last night with buju bantan not buju Yes. Yeah, when he was, he was yeah. yeah, talking about uh, every ghetto youth is a star, and yeah, yeah, yeah. keep that in him, in consciousness. And like, even the fact they were talking about his relationship with um in the documentary, they were talking about his relationship with Bob Marley. Yeah, and his relationship. Lee Scratch Perry's Bob um relationship with Bob Marley, and it, how um how it ended with the how the whalers and him were on bad terms because he sold the rights to their music to Trojan mm. and how they they um they they didn't like him for that but then he was saying boy honestly him did him if him never sell it to them they wouldn't reach nowhere you know Bob Marley and the Whalers wouldn't have reached anywhere because basically him did say him did see it as an opportunity for them to reach a wider audience. Yeah, it, yeah. But get out of the thing. So it's like him did kind of, him did say his him confession because him did pre-say, yeah, it's probably wrong, but in other, in other wider picture is the, probably the best thing that him ever do for them. You know what I'm saying? Yo, as in, honestly, yeah, as in, I definitely get what you're saying. So, yeah, I mean, even about that, that, that last bit about, you know, selling, selling the rights to children, I mean, I personally think that there are certain things that you do in this world that, I mean, they may go against some of your personal beliefs sometimes, and... I don't believe it's, that it's something that you should do always, but there's definitely some consideration to be given like outside of yourself, you get me? Which yeah. I, even looking back at this whole idea of vibration, I think he's definitely a character that considers a lot of things very objectively. I think that's the reason. That's In my opinion, like even when I started talking about vibration, that's in my opinion is one of the one of the defining factors about Lee Scratch Perry. It's yeah. objectiveness, you get me? Yeah. So you'll never really hear this man trying to, to zoom in specifically on one particular belief, you hear me? And on one particular method even. Because yeah. I've heard interviews about him talking about kind of how to go through in the music industry. And, and, and you'll hear different, 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 different bits. And he'll tell you like different, different things that you might think are contrasting, but it's really like him just kind of saying, you know. Like, yeah. From this angle, look at it from that angle, you get me? Like, consider yeah. he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not really a character that I've ever seen to really. Like tell your whole heart to be like, yo, this is it, and if it's not this, then you, you know. True, true. All right, well, all right. No, let's look at him in terms of um his stage presence, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's a very eccentric character. You know, what I'm saying him wear the the mirrors and him hat and holy power badges and you know the rings and all the jewelry. And mm-hmm. uh, one point in the documentary, um, this was after he burned down the studio to get the he was trying to run the rasters off of him property basically those who were taking advantage of him and um this is after his wife left him for one of the musicians you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying like he had this point where it's like you know people the people were basically around like around him were like parasitic you know what i'm saying they only wanted him money yeah. and um you know they would call him a madman and him say well if i'm a madman good yeah, man, not the night. You know what I'm saying? Um, if it if you make your door want to be around me, then you know, then don't be around me. If 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 you don't want to be around a madman, don't be around me. You know what I'm saying, and basically, he used this. Basically, like what it sounded like was he was overplaying it. You know what I'm saying to get yeah. people. 
to kind of weed out the true friends from you know right. yeah, yeah whatever yeah. but then at, at the same time right um like going through such a traumatic experience of having your wife leave you and everything and all the years of abuse against her because even him said at one point he was saying you know there's a point where him did realize that he was abusing it him did do it too much and it's like uh, after if you smoke for too much for too long you know it damage your brain your brain can't take it and you you fry out your brain and once that happened there's no way of getting it back you know what i'm saying even him did say it and he has like these moments of clarity where i'm just talking just like you know like he's a very educated individual who like know what's going on and then there are these points where it's like you know everything is so cryptic that you can't help but wonder if you know everything is there you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I, mean, like I think it comes back down to the ballad of um the ballad of um like looking at the romanticism of like the artist and and like kind of working through both the vices and and the clarity again because i mean you look at the idea of the artist i mean you look at like guys like jean-michel basquiat and you look at i mean you look at lee scratch pair and you look at like a john lennon and stuff and mm. because of a lot of the vices that probably they were you know like, like the drugs and the drugs and stuff you might have thought that you know i mean look at even at tupac too you I mean you might have thought that it was a reason to discredit some of probably the, the really important knowledge that they really had to give you get me yeah. But I look at Lee Scratch Perry and I, and I say, well, I mean, I can get why people would want to call him a madman. You get me? Mm. At the same time, it's a two-way street. You see me? Because at the same time, we as human beings can't deny that this normalcy is something that is imposed upon us. It's this, it's this idea that, you know, we grow up knowing that, look, you honestly, you really should strive to be normal. You get me? You really should strive. Like, that's how society is doing that. yeah, yeah. yeah. You get me saying, so like, so we can look at this idea and say, boy, you know, fry out your brain and boy, for one day, everything there. Like, I still think that you have to always remember that. I mean, these are the guys who changed the world, you get me? Mm, true. Same time. Yeah, yeah, you might think that they're crazy, but yes, also remember, never forget the fact that we consciously understand that as human beings, we yeah. try and against ourselves a lot just to be normal, you get me? Yeah, yeah. And there are some individuals who just aren't willing to do that, you get me? True. Uh, mm. All right. Uh, so then, any any thoughts on on him as like a musician? I mean, him sounds what what set him apart? You think? <clears throat> Honestly, dog, I don't even I don't even cut man's music. I, I don't even put his music into a genre, to be honest with you. Because if I hear a Lee Scratch Perry song, it's not like I'm trying to I'm trying to listen out for you know definitive characteristics of, of reggae or you know of anything. I mean. I hear that man's music and I hear experimentation. You get me? Like I always. I mean, I've never told anybody that. I think his music is perfect and it it is exactly the way how it should be. And and I don't think that he's ever even wanted anybody to think that way either. Like I hear it and it it reminds me of a time where, or it doesn't even reminds me of a time. It it shows me that we might have been like hearing about this whole idea of like the stuff that was going on in the East Village in New York and you know at like these everybody was in a band and everybody was doing art and. Okay. Everybody's making music like that's so the same stuff was probably going on in Jamaica too. And Lee Scratch Perry, a testament to that, like this whole experimentation that led to a lot of what people yeah. consider contemporary music. You get me? True. So, I mean, like when I hear his music, honestly, that's the first thing I, I really hear. Like it's always been just a, for me about 
experimentation and how I, I can see it in contemporary society and contemporary music. True. Taj? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't, I'd have to agree with Matthew on that. I don't really... I don't really see it in a situation where his music is defined to, you know, reggae or defined to, you know, it's it's really just kind of this, this him kind of mending sounds and trying to create something that's, I won't even just say different, but something that's beyond what he normally, you know, hears. Mm. Like that's what he that's what he basically try. He like he tries to go beyond what he normally hears, what he normally experiences and you know, like it's um a situation where like he even like he would take for instance ska and like um um like bass wasn't something that was like, you know, dominant in ska. It was you know, like more the horns and the pianos and stuff. So he would yeah. kinda you know, like probably tone down that and like pump up bass and you know yeah, like he's just he's just trying to mutate you know he's trying to like you know play with things i mean and try to create something that's different from what's already there so it's you know you can't define it like just like that i guess he, yeah he brought in the the whole um era the producer being the the artist you know what i'm saying because before producers yeah. were just the technical aspect just mixing the sounds that the musicians were creating mm, you know, so yeah. he made the producer the musician kind of thing you know what i'm saying yeah exactly 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 that's that's one thing i mean he definitely um he definitely kind of started with the status quo in terms of of how music was Election. was made up in terms of who was at the forefront of it because i mean he had a lot of producers in music in jamaica and even around the world that mm. it wasn't until years later that they got this whole I would say fame and recognition and yeah, I mean that's true because I mean look at it now. Like you have now this day and age, you have producers who are superstars. Like the concept yeah. of a producer being Diplo, yeah, is a superstar producer now. Like yeah, that's beyond normal. Like to mm. to this in um like compared to past times, like producers were never someone who would have yeah. a startup who you know it yeah. be seen in magazine cover front of magazine covers and you know like people like them and skrillex and you know yeah, stuff, yeah. Like, they owe they mm. owe that to like Holy this man yeah yo yeah all right this thing recording again okay all right where all right. do we leave you know where we left off wait wait hold on all right let me the last thing you were saying was um people like skrillex and thing oh day yeah um right so uh well yeah because a lot of i mean the producer having fame the producer being an artist the producer being someone who's acknowledged like um individualism without the actual musician without the actual you know um without vocal without a vocalist like the concept yeah. of no is you know like a lot of, like a lot of them owe that to you know lee scratch period like he's pioneering because i mean producers like as I said, like Diplo, like Skrillex, like those people, they never like for them to for that to eat for even for them to even have some kind of um, recognition beyond just producing yeah. for a vocalist. You know that's you know that's crazy because it's really like he he made the art like he 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 kind of pioneered mm -hmm. the art of of yep. you know producing like just that in general like the art yeah. of being a producer he pioneered that. So he. You know, I mean, you can you can credit him with the the birth of hip hop, 
Um, all right. Let me tell you where I think. Let me tell you where I think that's a bit that's a bit tricky. Mm-hmm. I do believe that you can credit Jamaican um, DJs and artists mm-hmm. to that. But, I mean, remember he was the first person, first person to sample and you know create these thing, these beats that you know DJs used to toss over. Yeah, that's the thing, you know. Like, I'm, I'm a bit, like, I mean, I guess if you were looking at it from like that, that aspect, then I guess sure, you get me. But yeah, like there was even another, there's another American DJ. I'm not sure. I don't think it was, it wasn't Grandmaster Flash. There's another American DJ who is actually credited for kind of starting like this whole idea of like sampling in in America. I mean, this is after Cool Herc's influence. So okay, it's like I would like to think probably. I'm not sure if the individuals who are accredited with, you know, sampling in America probably even heard of Scratch. I mean, I've liked to think that they did, you get me? Yeah, yeah. But couldn't definitively say that, you get me? Yeah, true, and true. Like, I, I mean, like, but I mean, it wasn't even necessarily that they heard of him or they yeah, know, but, but they might know his influence. Okay. They, they know his influence. They, they hear things that he influenced, if not what he created, what he influenced. Okay. So still yeah. in a way indirectly. So but I still, as I said, it's still tricky because you can't really say that. You know, I I don't know if you can. I think it is that you can just attribute. It's kind of like a, a root. Yeah, yeah. Like he was yeah. he was a root to a lot of things, and you know, like a lot of things kind of. I mean, so yeah, as in from everything. Remember, everything has to draw from somewhere. Yeah, like everything. What everywhere where we are now, technological wise. Um, in terms of just everything that's up to date, everything comes, everything had to have a base and coming up. So, I mean, he was a root of that. So, I mean, he was a part of the roots of that. So, to say that he pioneered it, um, I wouldn't necessarily say so much as he pioneered that so much that people drew from that to kind of, and that's just how everything goes yes. in life that people draw yeah. from their roots and draw from, yeah. you know, or what they know or. Um, the, what was before that, that drew from the roots and they draw from that and it's just a continuing continuation of that. So it's yeah. like everything just kind of continues up. So, I mean, to say that, yeah, he's the roots, he's from like the roots of that, you know, because he still himself drew from things and, you know, yeah. manipulated it and so such it goes, you know. So, I mean, but he was indeed a pioneer in the sense of true creating yeah. something new. He created another step. That's and he made another bridge, you know, like he he that's what he did. You know, and, and it's up to like other people to just take what's there and create another bridge and, so and it's like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. As in, I can definitely agree with that even wholeheartedly because I even look at because I mean Mark, I'm not gonna lie to anybody. I knew about I probably knew a bit more about Diplo before I knew that much about Lee Scratch Perry, you get me? Yeah. Like, I would I, definitely do that. And it's like I really look at it and I'm like, when you even talk about somebody taking it to the next step. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I listen to Diplo's like Diplo's music and like I think about this idea of how he kinda stripped everything back down. So he kinda mm-hmm. stripped everything back down from like and this was in a time where it was really just about how people molded like vocals and, and like and people how people wrote beats and stuff. And he kinda right. gave he kinda gave these beats this personality, you get me? Like I mean, even when you look at it, that the character of Skirt Boy that he used to tie to the music. Like you looked right. at Skirt Boy, you looked at the music, and Skirt Boy didn't even have to talk. Like you, you said, "Boy, you know, yeah, this music has a character to it." You get me? And you, you know, it's it's funny. It's funny that you said that, you know, because it seems like as if Jamaican music has a lot of character to it. 
mm-hmm. and you find that like this kind of this idea of characters because i mean even even david alban um the guy behind the gorillas yeah yeah, yeah i mean yeah. he he's a huge reggae dub ska you know uh person like if you if you looked at that documentary on the gorillas you you mm-hmm. see that like a lot of his influences come from jamaica like he brought a lot of you know jamaicans onto yeah to help out the project and you find oh you find like uh, like i don't know if it's it's something about jamaica i mean it is it's kind of sad because when you think of lee scratch perry right where he is in terms of um of people in jamaica paying respects to him yeah yeah you you Honestly, you're probably never going to find people f- pay as much respect to Lee Scratch Perry as they do and to Bob Marley. And, 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 yeah. and, you know, and a part of that has to do with the fact that he, Lee Scratch Perry is, is, is very off the wall, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You, you and can't like people... to give him that credibility, to be honest with you. Huh? I say it's hard for people to really give him that credibility and that title, to be honest with you, because... Yeah. Like people, people, would, like people would rather would rather peg him as as buck ups. Then you get me? Yeah. I think right. That's right. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I do agree that people would people would more um lean to that because as I said, like it's easy it's easy for you to discredit him because of his character and because of you know his um wacky behavior in a sense. Like it's easy for someone to discredit that, and it's kind of sad that people would even want to discredit. You know, um, they discredit their own basically because I mean, regardless, he is a Jamaican. He is one of us. He is he has pioneered so much, and yet, you know, yeah. people won't even. Not, I mean, it's not even so much discredited. People won't even don't won't even give him the credit and, much of the knowledge of and, the credit he should be given. And that's a part yeah. of the whole. I mean, that's that that itself is a is kind of a part of Jamaican culture in a way. But wait. That's for a completely different conversation. Probably we have that conversation some other time. We have to wrap up now. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, um, last thoughts. Lee Scratch Perry, give me your last thoughts. What you'd want to tell somebody who'd never heard of Lee Scratch Perry before. Boom. Well, uh, well one thing I would like to say. Um, my thing is, I mean, I'm not going to go around anybody. First time I heard about this guy, I was like, this guy's a madman. I mean, I'm not going to pretend, you get me? I mean, I'm an artist and I'm a visual artist and whatever, and I'm supposed to be open-minded. But the thing is, is that society, as I said, has a way of, of kind of leading you to believe certain things that are just a bit off the wall and you should stay away from it. But I would say approach, approach his character with an open mind. I mean, I hope people kind of hear this podcast and, and want to do more research on him, you get me? Like, approach yeah. his character with an open mind. That's probably my thing, too. All right, Tash? Alright, um it's a situation where you have you have a person or you have people who go against the norm to kind of create something new. Mm-hmm. And those people are I mean, history shows those people are usually dubbed within their time as crazy. It's essential. Mm-hmm. They always have been it's it's like it's almost it's a continuous trend like everyone who does something new or does something completely out there is dubbed as crazy yeah. and mm-hmm. um I just think that he's another he, he just follows that same pattern of someone who's completely misunderstood for his time and I not to say that I still think that he as a character he's a little um strange yes 
Yeah. But yeah. Um, we have to we have to acknowledge the. Um, I think what it is an artist's reputation precedes them, and yeah. um, I think there will be a time where people will be able to acknowledge what he has created, you know, and kind of overlook his own personality. And well, I mean not over, but you know, kind of look beyond just his personality and to see the work, you know, like a man may be flawed, but I mean he can create something that's perfect. He can yeah. create something that's um, true. You know, he can create something that has less flaws than he does. Yeah, right. you know. So. All right. And, so um... My, my take on it. All right. And, uh, like, honestly, when I think about characters like Lee Scratch Perry, like, um, I think about them as as just... They're just human beings, like everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And people have different vices. People have different ways of dealing with things. And, um, you know, people have their flaws. Um, like, I think even, like, I could even compare Lee Scratch Parity to, like, um, Van Gogh. Yeah. Like, he, he was, you know, people, people know, know they, they, um, reeling up about, you know, Van Gogh and, you know, such a brilliant artist. But in his time, he never saw a single painting. People, you know, never buy him work, you know what I'm saying? And he died depressed and exactly. alone. Exactly. And, and I think Lee Scratch Perry is fortunate in that he has had um, monetary gain and he has found a voice that people um, sought out. You know, he's produced with like Paul McCartney and the Beatles and the Clash yeah. and a whole heap of mm. people, you know, around the world. So um, he's yeah, in a much better position than any of us are in, you know, but I think. I think he will be truly, he'll probably won't yeah. get the respect he deserves until after he's dead. I don't know how That's much time we have left, but I really would like to say this last moment to make my comment about the internet. The internet useless, I like to call them. The people who do absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, and, I know, you have to hear this. They do absolutely nothing and have more, the most criticism about everything and anything. And they have nothing. Mm. They do nothing. They contribute nothing. Uh, and they they will sit down. You know the YouTubers, the guys who who yeah. uh, bloggers who like the trolls. No, say it. It's the trolls. Make, no, it's the trolls. Yeah, make true, something yeah. of your life. Make do something <laughs> instead of staying. You go on and oh, let me let me. I, I mean, I have nothing better to do. Let me just go on the internet. Oh, they made this song. I don't like this song. I can't produce for crap. But I mean, I don't like your song. I don't, I don't do anything with my life. You know, oh. my parents' trust fund is coming in, you know. I'm gonna, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, you're going to look at a no. man who no, has pioneered and... Is it still recording? You're going to look yeah, at man. a man who has pioneered so much and you're going to even... You're going to even open your mouth to utter criticism. What have you done? Please show me what you... What, oh, you got... Oh, you graduated from high school? That's... Brilliant. Oh no! All right, I'm sorry, but I'm just saying, like people, please, like have a little consideration for people. Like, even you have you seen that that um, like people complaining about the the fashion that some of the Jamaicans yeah. were wearing for. But that's, like, a I, that's a different podcast. That's a different. Yeah, that's a different. All right, yeah, that's a different podcast. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying, people, just you know, just take it easy. Go easy on you know everyone. Like everyone's doing their thing. People are trying to make that you know don't hate on people don't use your time and you know like if you don't have anything constructive or positive to say you know please hold your tongue 
yeah. you know, yeah. unless it is for the betterment and add, you know, but not, let's not bring people down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my... All right, guys, we have to wrap this thing up right here now, you know. Uh, thank you for coming on to the um, podcast. We're talking with Matthew McCarthy, you know, visual artist, Taj Francis, visual artist, and I'm Ikem Smith. And um, see you some other time. All right, man. Take care. Later. Cool. Yep.